Hello and welcome to another episode of Sideline Sketch. We are back to talk about all things football after a while, after a month almost. And it is the festive season, even though it's not as festive because COVID. But with me, as always, to talk about football is Nathan Greenaway. Nathan, how are you? Hello. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am good. It is festive as hell, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jingle bells. Do you know that? It's very festive. Incredibly festive. So, Um, Christmas. Do you have any plans for Christmas yet? um, I don't think you can really not have plans for Christmas because Christmas, it just kind of happens. Well, you can't not have plans. I mean, I don't have plans. I'm going to be sitting around. So. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll just come sit next to you. You're going to travel all the way to the other side of the UK to sit next to me. Yeah. Yeah, why not, man? It's not going to happen, lads, but... Uh... <laughs> That's my, those are my Christmas plans now. But yeah, yeah, Christmas... Um, yeah, I've got plans. Eat lots of food, enjoy myself uh, for the two two days that I'm allowed before I have to go back to work. And so that's going to be nice. You have a two-day break, that's it? Yep, I'm working Christmas Eve. Jesus Christ. And then I get Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And then off we go, like a, like a footballer. Only I don't have Boxing Day games. Wow. Uh, but but yeah, it's a, it's a tough old schedule. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on to football. Nathan, your team, Man United, since the last time your podcast has been through a lot of changes. They had Michael Carrick take over for a bit because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked. Yes. And now the team potentially has a a structure for a lot of good that can happen in the future with Ralph Rangnick or Ralph Rangnick. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on what's going on at Man United? Yeah, for so good. We we haven't played for ages since we beat Norwich. Uh, that's, but yeah, positive things things happened in the face of negative. It's it's never good when a manager loses their job, obviously, especially when they're a club legend. Uh, but this the stark difference between watching the side under of, under Ranić and uh, and even Carrick to some sense, seeing the organisation was startling. Um, the changes that happened, especially in the Michael Carrick games. Uh, like it was night and day from one match under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to the next one under under Carrick. It was it was weird because we could actually defend, which is very strange. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not good, and I think the fans reacting in a positive way, still singing Ollie's name, having a uh, like having banners and stuff for him. Like everyone still still loves him, but as a manager, he was it was it was poor. So that was the correct decision. Uh, in, in my view, um, but yeah, Carrick did well. He's gone on to to do. I don't know what he's doing actually, because I say that like he went and took a job. He didn't. That was Kieran McKenna, who was a different coach. He's left yeah. to take over the Ipswich job. Um, so I don't know what Carrick's doing right now. Hopefully, you know what? I hope he's at home and he's warm, and and just enjoying himself. That's what I hope he's doing. And uh, but yeah, in comes a man who we know is a good coach, unless you're a British pundit. Uh, is Ralph Rangnick. Yeah. He uh, is... Now, uh, the I, I godfather this, of German football. Basically. and what he's, uh, he's been told. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Rangnick in terms of 
his footballing philosophy. The rest, not as much. But um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know how he's gonna do in the Premier League. I mean, he's done. He's done pretty pretty good so far. So nothing to complain about yet. But we'll see how it goes. Because so, what what are your expectations from the season, basically? After how it's gone so far, the expectations for the season, given that we're so early in the season still, I know we're not even halfway, uh, which is strange to say. But I know we would be if we'd played all the games, but uh, I think we've had two called off, and we've had already. I don't even know if we're playing Boxing Day. To be honest, um, I don't think anyone knows if any games are happening Boxing Day, in reality at the minute. But uh, I would imagine so because everyone's back training. Uh, but given we're not even halfway yet, the expectations is still is still top four, and mm-hmm. that's got it. And just a, a run at a trophy like it's been three years since United have won a trophy, which if you look at our history is insane. It's one of the longest gaps the clubs had in modern times, which kind of speaks to the to obviously the rich history of the club, but also to the expectations. So a run at any sort of trophy, we're through in the Champions League, so obviously you'd love to say, oh, we'll make a great deep run into the Champions League. Uh, but and, and but who knows, if the draw goes favourably, we've got... Uh, who are we playing? Atletico Madrid. They've just lost three La Liga games in a row. So perfect <laughs> time, guys. We'll play you tomorrow if you want to bring it forward. <laughs> they are... Do- I mean, La Liga is basically decided at this point. It's going to be Real Madrid. Pretty much, because they're just, they're unbelievably consistent. They've lost one league game. Atletico are fifth and Barcelona are seventh. Holy heck. Yeah, Barcelona lost to, well, they didn't lose, sorry. They drew with, uh, it would feel like a loss because they got half an hour against 10 man Sevilla yesterday. And because um, Kunde threw a ball in Jordi Alba's face from like. 10 centimeters away he just lobbed it at him like he was on the playground it was ridiculous it's the stupidest thing you've seen someone do because you like you know that he's just gone and wound him up he said something to him probably gone up to him and gone are oh, your mum and then Kunde's turned around and just lobbed the ball in his face <laughs> it's so childish and they're rightfully sent off you can't be that stupid um, I love how in Spain not for throwing the ball I love in Spain <laughs> to a Frenchman he said your mum. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know what he's done, but Jordi Alba's like, he's clearly obviously done something. I don't know if he pushed him or said something. And Kunde's turned around and just lobbed the ball straight in his face. So, idiot. Absolute idiot, Kunde. It's like a B-Tech version of Zidane and Matarazzi. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, But yeah, Barcelona couldn't get the second goal. And uh, so, well done to Sevilla for being dogged. But... Yeah, I'd love to play Atletico tomorrow because they are absolute tripe at the minute. They're really, really bad. And they look disorganised, which is baffling to say about a Diego Simeone side. But uh, I've watched five Atletico Madrid matches this season and someone has been sent off for Atletico in three of them. So I would just get slabhead, elbowing people when the ref's not looking and just wait for like Suarez to bite him. And so they still get sent off <laughs> because they're so easy to wind up. But um, but yeah, that's that's the expectation. The expectation is obviously top four and some sort of of trophy run. I know we're not in the League Cup, but um, the FA Cup's there. The Champions League is there for a decent run 
if we can get past Atletico, who knows if the draw's favourable, you could all of a sudden accidentally fall into a semi-final if you if you get a decent draw. Um, so Atletico, and then I don't know someone like Bayern. And uh, <laughs> did the disdain when you said Bayern? Holy hell! <laughs> yeah, that'd be fine. And uh, so yeah, well, uh, I'd love that, and I think that's achievable because the, the clubs that are ahead of us. Um, uh, West Ham are very hit and miss. They're great one minute, and um, as the League Cup game going on as we record proves very bad the other minute. <laughs> and uh, Arsenal. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Respect them. I think they've done much no, better than all of us thought they would. You, keep, you said this to me, and yeah, they're great. They, I they respect beat, them. I really respect them. Norwich. Because I, th- I thought that they would be, again, they're, they're still a bit banter, but they're not they're as rubbish. banter as you thought they would be. They're not rubbish. They, oh, they have good players, it. and they're doing Whenever well. Whenever they play anyone of any quality, they lose. But, but, but again, that's never been why people laugh at Arsenal. It's because they... No, that is why we love Arsenal. No, it's because, because they, they pretend to be bed. good. They should <laughs> the bet against the worst teams and they look funny doing it. It's not because they, they lose to Man United that people laugh at them. It's because they lose to Norwich that people laugh at them. And now they're not doing that, so there you go. Yeah, it only took not qualifying for Europe to, to, to reach what we, what we call mid-table. <laughs> well, we said they'll go 10th, and I don't think yeah, they'll go Yeah, they've only played 18 games. they got another... 19 to screw up 20 sorry to, to screw up so you up. think they'll go and down they to 10th they will <laughs> they'll bottle it I have no fear from Arsenal whatsoever okay so right now if you had to say your top 10 uh, top 4 who would it be uh, Man City Chelsea Liverpool United <laughs> uh, Spurs well that's top 4 you said fire teams so. Yeah, I just wanted to make, clarify that Arsenal are nowhere near it. So I put Spurs fifth. <laughs> who, Spurs who are excellent all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, it's all mad. They were, so, they were woeful before. So it's maybe weird. Nuno was the problem. There you go. Maybe. Um, yeah, Nuno, pro- well, wrong timing because uh, given the Harry Kane situation, they needed someone with some world-class calibre to come in and shout at them. So they obviously did the right thing you do, which is hire a hot-headed Italian. And, uh, and all they couldn't sudden, get Gordon Ramsay. They're so amazing. They yep, that that well-known Italian, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> no, you mentioned the guy who shouts. That's what yep. I said. So they got a, So they did the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, so Conte's done well so far. Uh, and I think yeah, that, Spurs will be a yeah. threat for top four because that mathematically, as much as we've all laughed at them all season, mathematically, they're right there. Anyways, we move on to the oh yeah, Arsenal. We were talking about Arsenal. Arsenal are doing well. I, I and you disagree with me there. So, what do you want here? Why do you disagree with me that Arsenal suck because they don't suck? Because I don't. Because it's the same conversation we have every single year. Then they're, they're no different. They're just on their yearly good run. The, so it, happens, agree, it happens no, every year. <laughs> okay, so now I'm not now I'm not joking around and being a dick. I'm being very honest. I think they have good really, players. He really speaks. He has to clarify this before yeah, every because statement. you you took that very seriously. I was hoping it'd be a two minute I'm, joke, I'm but sorry, then you stretched it out. So I just went with it. Sorry for taking the podcast seriously. I will start to lower my answers. <laughs> Listen, for you. it's Christmas sure. time. We're all having fun. 
Okay, it's a fun time. It's not supposed to be that serious. Don't worry. <laughs> I feel like he's editing the podcast on the podcast, guys. Like at every point, he's just like, "Okay, Nathan, we're done here. That was a joke, by the way." Uh, it's like you're editing live on air for some really reason. Am. Oh wow! This you is turned fun. you turned into talk sport for a bit, where you're trying to bait everyone into a debate, and then yeah. suddenly you've gone, "Guys, I'm joking. I actually want to have because a discussion it's tiring. About I just realised." How tiring it is to be a contrarian. It's fucking bullshit. I, I, I think they could really make... I think they could maintain the top four, but I think the final few no, games... They, they, they might well turn to the pressure and they'll finish top five, top six. But they'll still be up there, I feel. Because I feel like the top ten that we both kind of said they, that they would be is a bit disrespectful to them. I don't think it is. They'll well, start losing games soon. And then they'll they'll won't win like five in a row, and then they'll go on a good run again when it's too late. Exactly what they do every single season without fail. Fair. So it's not that I think I think Arsenal that they've got great players. They're a good side. Them, but it it is Groundhog Day with them, and I just haven't. They might prove me wrong, but many years of watching Arsenal rinse and repeat the same thing, which is they always have a great November, December. Um, I think they've had an okay November, December, given that any time they've played anyone with, of any quality apart from West Ham, who it took West Ham having someone sent off, um, then then they failed. Like they even lost to Everton. Like Whenever they play anyone of any quality, it happens. So maybe they'll surprise me. But I, I very much doubt it. But who knows? Maybe they will. Mm-hmm. I do think clearing out Ubamiang looks like it's a great decision, though, because that guy's attitude, even without knowing him, I think we can fairly say the guy's attitude is appalling. And I think it started last season with the North London derby thing, where like a couple hours before the game, he was on the wrong side of the city. And anyone, and some people, we kind of go, oh, what's wrong with that? I don't think people realise how long it takes to get from one end of London to the other. Oh, tell it me about it. A very it takes fucking ages. Long time. So it's um, yeah, and then, and he was late to then, and even then, people were like, well, what the hell's going on here? He's meant to be the captain, and it's just been the same thing again and again. And Arteta's not even pretending it's not attitude problems anymore. He's just saying it. So that's a big step. I think Arteta's got a great future. I don't think Arsenal have a great future <laughs> but they'll probably get european football next year so let's talk about okay so arsenal you think aren't don't have enough legs to keep up with the form that they're on no i i don't think they've got enough anything and uh, the form they're on is middling so it's not middling they they, they beat sunderland today they beat they beat leeds they beat west ham they beat southampton that's not a bad form what are you on about yeah, I mean, yay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they've won four games in a row. That's not bad form. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying four because they lost two games before that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they recovered nicely from the bad form. And yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were good against Sunderland by all accounts yesterday. Uh, so, but you just look at the sides they beat. They beat Southampton. And Leeds, who it's everyone is beating them. 
So I yeah. just I don't trust Arsenal. It's not that they're not playing well; they are playing well, and they are in half decent form. I don't trust them to do anything, like at all. It's, okay, because it's Arsenal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I agree to be fair. On to I want to talk about three teams, right? Three of them, in particular. What do you think of Brighton, and? What's happened to them recently? Because the last I remember, they were they were doing well. Graham Potter was being praised, and now they are thirteenth in the league. What happened there? Uh, what happened was they just completely fell away. Like they can't they can't finish, they can't defend very well. They suddenly look disorganized. And yeah, they've not won a league game uh, since September. Uh, now that includes a lot of draws. They've actually only lost three <laughs> league games since then, uh, incredibly. But all the rest are draws. So, and they're not high-scoring draws either. Um, I mean, apart from the two-two with Liverpool, which was great because I think they were two-nil down in that game. Like we, these are one-one-alls or like one-one-nil losses or two-nil losses to Villa. So, um, but they're just. They've just lost their ability to score. Like, mm-hmm. there's very few, apart from when they played Man City and they got smashed 4 1. Like, these are low scoring affairs. So it's very boring. Um, it's, it's very rigid. And they've kind of just lost that early season shine that they had. And it, they don't really have a striker that's going to that's gonna bury the goals, essentially. That's going to get them. That's going to get them anything so they look a little bit uninspired at the minute um the criticism of graham potter um maybe it's deserved for not trying something new in trying to get some more sort of attacking players on the pitch but i don't think they're in the squad there's not a 15 20 goal a season striker in there like at all mm-hmm. uh, so i think that's the biggest problem uh, but yeah he can turn it around they just need a bit of luck to go their way I think at the minute, so I think that's partly what they're lacking as well. But yeah, man, they they are struggling, and they got Morpai, who's very good, but he again, is he, annoying more than good. He's not a again. I don't even think he's a ten goal a season striker. I think he's a good kind of link up player, but then you kind of you're clutching at straws as to where the goals are coming from after that. I mean, they got look, Danny Welbeck. I don't know if he's even played this season. Aaron Connolly, their number seven. He looks a good player, but again, he's not a high-scoring striker. So that's probably what they're going to be after uh, in January is someone to put the ball in the back of the net, as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So really January is going to be a big time for them, but they you've got to have the faith in Graham Potter because he's, he's clearly a manager for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other team I wanted to ask about was the one, the one team that's just one spot below them, which is shocking. It's Everton. It all looked so good for them. Uh, a decent team, a good manager, and it really hasn't worked out, has it? Their business, transfer business, has been has been absolutely abysmal. Uh, like, and that's apart from Damari Gray really, who looks kind of an inspired signing at the minute. He's probably been their best player of the season so far. Uh, but Rafa didn't really get backed in the transfer window. They, their director of football has, has gone. 
whose name completely escapes me now. Uh, but he's gone. But it's all about the owner, really, isn't it? And mm-hmm. uh, and fans aren't happy with him. His name, I can't remember. You say is it Moshe or something like that? Uh, Marcel Brands. Uh, that was the director of football who left mm-hmm. um, the club, but over disagreements. But Rafa's kind of trying to reorganise the club, isn't he? He got rid of one of the physios or something uh, because he wasn't happy with Everton's kind of injury record. Uh, but yeah, January. I think again, it's going to be a big January for them. I think. Benitez is going to get backed. Uh, there's already a couple of rumours of players, and I think they signed someone the other day from somewhere. I think they signed a left back, but I don't know. I've never, I've never heard of the guy, and I can't remember his name now um, either. So they've got him lined up and a couple more. But yeah, the business has been weird. Like Solomon Rondon bringing him back to the Premier League. Like strange, strange. I mean, it worked the other day in a game. He pulled him back in because Richarlison had to come off. Um, but they've not had Dominic Calvert-Lewin for most of the season, which means, as we were just talking about Brighton, they don't really have anyone to put the ball in the back of the net consistently because Richarlison, as is well documented, is frustrating as all hell. I mean, <laughs> oh, he did, my God. He did have the game where he had uh, two goals disallowed for being offside. Um, the obvious um, ointment for that is be onside, um, which is one thing he cannot do. He's got Timo Werner syndrome. And uh, he just can't. Yeah, so he just can't can't really be on side consistently. But I mean, I think that's positive signs for Everton because they're trying something new, very much in the Man United vein of what's happened this season. They're kind, although they're backing the manager instead of changing the manager as well. They're shifting things. Um, I don't know if it's sort of positive. Everton fans aren't happy with the owner, so maybe it's all going to backfire still. But who knows? Interesting, an interesting January coming up for them because I think they're going to bring in three or four players. Yeah, he I mean he only got Damari Gray and Solomon Rondon in in the summer. So Damari Gray has been good. Damari Gray has been excellent. He's been their player of the season. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Oh, sorry, Andros Townsend as well. They brought in. He's been good. It's kind of been Damari Gray, a number nine, and then Townsend. Um, Townsend and yeah. He's been a good. He's been a good signing as well, yeah, but it's 100%. not inspiring signings for a big major league push. There, Demario Gray's been an absolute bargain. Townsend is a great, is a good Premier League player, but Rondon, questionable. Yeah, I think he's more of a. Well, we've seen him hit a lot of goals in the Premier League, and he might be a bit proven and can bring the experience of just. When what the team needs sometimes, and honestly, I think the the managerial appointment is something that needs to be kind of questioned. Like, why isn't Rafa able to get this team going? Or not, I think not even they're rubbish. Nah, I, I, <laughs> well, I just he, don't think it's not a great squad. Well, neither were Newcastle, but he was able to get them organized. But this team does not look organized at all. So. Um, I don't know. I think that's uh, organised just a little bit harsh. And I think the Newcastle side, uh, yeah, it it was okay. And it was good. At, it was good at times, but yeah, I don't. I, the Everton squad is not where they want it to be uh, at the minute. Like they are proper mid-table, yeah. So they're not really going anywhere fast. And I think that's the thing. It's more of the same for Everton, where they just don't really do anything. 
like they are as they are as tenth as tenth gets really mm-hmm. for for most of modern Premier League times, apart from a couple of occasions. And I think that's what frustrates Everton fans is that they never seem to go anywhere. Yeah, I totally agree with you. To be fair, yeah, um, it's it sucks. To be fair, that they're kind of stuck in the middle I, of nowhere. I don't know if it sucks. I, I can't confess to care. Well, I, I like Everton and I, and I like Rafa, so yeah, I do kind of care. But oh well. Anyways, we Couldn't move. Care less. <laughs> so shall we talk about the Bundesliga? Because that's something I watched quite a bit this season uh, almost every season to be fair but um, yeah I think Dortmund 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 so the Der Klassica happened and I, I, oh my god I just said the Der Klassica which is of course a crime to say but Der Klassica happened and Bayern won as they do and as usual the other teams fell off and what was a one point, a one point gap now is a nine point gap. And yeah, it just unraveled like that. I think Dortmund lost to Hertha Berlin. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what you can say about Dortmund at this point. Um, they're a good team. And I, I think I heard a Dortmund fan say this, Matthias Suk on, uh, on Twitter. And it was a good point. You can't really compare financially Bayern to Dortmund. So saying, well, Dortmund should re- should just retain their talent, and you know, not just be a you know almost like a graduating school for good players, is a bit unfair on them because there there are going to be big clubs who can pay those massive wages, and Dortmund can't really be sucked into that cycle of paying those higher wages again. Because, well, last time that happened, the team was in major financial issues and had to be rescued. And, yeah, I think it's not as easy as saying, well, I'll just pay the, the, the players their wages and they'll stay. Well, it clearly isn't. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think as long as... this, I think the cycle is so hard to break out of where buy-in will keep pulling away, you know, in, in the transfer window and on the pitch. And eventually, there's just going to be no competition left because it's going to be buying winning for what five six seven years and eventually people will be like well what's the point if there's this one team that just is one much better has more money it's, it's they're just going to keep growing the only way that you can combat this is either put a, putting a salary cap or which again won't work unless it's you know a worldwide thing or you remove the 50 plus one rule which will just cause havoc. So yeah, it's it's a really bad situation for the league to be in, but for for teams to just capitulate so horribly after buying, you know, goes on a run, is the reason it's never really closed in the league. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. There's nowhere for the league to go, and that's the one disadvantage of the fifty, uh, fifty plus one rule is it does leave a ceiling. Yeah, and that ceiling has been reached. It's been reached for ages, for a very, for a really long time. Like it, it's it done. It reached a point where Bayern were the biggest side. They got the most money. They could pay the biggest wages. They could pay the biggest transfer fees. They can do all this. There was a time where it was just kind of 
the place where the big Bundesliga players ended up. They would start at one club, move to Dortmund or somewhere, and then move on to Bayern. Like, uh, yeah, the league is in a very sticky, sticky spot. Uh, well, I don't know if it, it's not in a sticky spot because I don't really know how much the league cares. Like, I think if they did care, we would have seen some effort towards breaking, not breaking the cycle, but trying to do new things because it does limit the audience because everyone has a go at not necessarily the Twitter fans because that's that's different because it's mostly internet trolls but a lot of people that do go well no I don't really watch the Bundesliga because it's inevitable like there's no surprises and um, partially that's true if unless you really care about looking at some of the up-and-coming players that play in the Bundesliga which not everyone has the time to do or they all want to do um, then people don't really watch it because yeah it is the same thing uh, year after year after year and it has been like the same thing year after year after year and it does get tiresome like uh, Rahul you even said the other day in a private chat that you don't care about Leipzig this season <laughs> and um, because they're just they're gone and it is hard it's not for me, it's not hard to care because I do find what's going on in the mid and the lower tables of most of the leagues interesting. But for a lot of other people, I can see why it's boring because there was that thing where you're like, ooh, there is a title race on here. Like uh, Dortmund are right there and then it happens and it's almost like... Yeah, it's the definition of insanity, really. We just like why? Why am well, I expecting a different thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I think for Leipzig, the reason I I got so almost angry at this team was how against the grain they went for years. You know, of how they completely went against. You know how how they manipulated around the fifty plus one rule and how they basically were this. Uh, almost like this beacon for change, a beacon for what could be in the league, you know, if you didn't follow tradition. And guess what? They suck. It's not just about getting in the players. It's not always about having a feeder club. It's not always about having advantages. It's a, Sometimes it's about just playing to your to, to the best of your abilities and these team, this team really didn't. And mm. when you are so much better than so many other teams in the league, you being 10th, is such is such, is so maddening for someone who wants to see the league be competitive. Not, not just in terms of entertainment. Of course, I, I mean, ideally, as a Bayern fan, I want to see them win, you know, undefeated and go on to just dominate for years and years. But but ultimately, you do want to see the league thrive. You do want to see competition increase. You do want to see better players in the league, and that can only happen when you see one system work. In one season, we have seen both systems. To tackle Bayern's system fail miserably, yeah. and for and for Leipzig to be tenth is is so maddening that I was like I don't want to talk about them because the league can do more though like the organizers of the league they could do something because Bayern do get the most revenue, revenue. Yeah. yeah so it's also weighted in that sense and so it kind of just pisses you off after a little bit because you look into it you're like oh why do this that and the other and you're like oh Bayern also have the most power. So, like, no, they don't just have the most money, the biggest brand, and the Bundesliga. They also have the most power in the league. And you just sit there and go, well, yeah, of course you ended up here, you idiots. But I don't know if the organisers of the Bundesliga care. And I doubt they do. 
because Bayern are always in the latter stage of the Champions League. So maybe they'll get one or two people every year go, oh, I might watch Bayern consistently week on week. But it's no wonder sometimes that the Premier League pulls away in terms of growth and in terms of fandom. Like, not, I know it's partly it's because it has the most money, so the teams have the most money, but it's also that thing where you go, it's also the most competitive of the European leagues. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no, it's no wonder. Like, we said it, like, La Liga is struggling madly for, for money. Um, you wouldn't know it when you look at the bank statements uh, of some of the <laughs> clubs, but, um, like, like that's kind of wrapped up and people have massively lost interest because Barcelona have fallen away massively and El Clasico isn't what it was a few seasons ago so you kind of go oh okay like Ligon is no disrespect to Ligon it's not interesting like the most interesting thing that's happened this season is um, number one Sergio Ramos got sent off as we record this for PSG which is hilarious and um, number two, w- looking at how long Saint Etienne would keep Claude Puel in charge was hilarious, because they were so terrible, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the, like fans were literally like throwing flares on the pitch, which is a horrible thing to do. But then the owner would be like, "We're sticking with him," and then they sacked him like a day later, <laughs> so, um, which was funny. But um, no, I literally think the most interesting thing that's happened from it is. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach's executive saying they wouldn't sack their manager because they've, after only two games, when they'd already lost six. And, like, like as in he was like, I'm not going to make these decisions after losing two games. You're like, you've lost six, mate. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But other than that, I, I don't think. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to find a balance because you don't just want to start pumping money into something and thinking it'll solve the problem. But maybe take some of Bayern's power away and maybe don't give them all the TV revenue might help. <laughs> like, have you thought yeah, but... of very basic things like this? And I know you're going to go, well, people watch the Bundesliga for Bayern, but then it becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah, exactly. Of it's a system that serves Bayern, not the Bundesliga. Yeah. Which is your argument, because people do say that all the time. They're like, well, Liverpool should get more TV revenue than Burnley because Liverpool bring in more fans. It's like, yeah, but then no one grows. Like, so, so um, I think I, I mean potentially down the line you would be watching more basketball, and we will we can do basketball content. But the one thing that the NBA does is it to balance the league. It has these the draft system, which again isn't perfect, but you have a level of parity. A team that's terrible will not remain terrible for too long. They will always have a shot at rejuvenating mm-hmm. their the team. But then always, they've gone the wrong way. Because it then it leads to tanking. Because if someone realizes they're not going to make it through to the playoffs, they just start to lose games essentially on purpose, knowing they're going to get a better draft spot the worse they do. So that's obviously yeah. there's never going to be a draft in football, so that's not really going to happen. But the very basic thing of everyone gets the same amount of TV revenue, like yeah. that's such a basic thing, but but leagues don't do it. Bundesliga don't do it. Liga don't do it. La Liga don't do it. The Premier League, I think there's such astronomical sums that it kind of becomes a little bit irrelevant who gets what at some points. But like bottom place get more than 
the winner of like the Bundesliga does <laughs> but that's just stupid money at that point but mm-hmm. I think there are very basic things the Bundesliga could do that they will never care to do mm-hmm. until by unless Bayern start ultimately the only thing that will break the cycle is if Bayern start losing the league consistently because then eventually people will go oh well Stuttgart are the best side in the Bundesliga so they're the new place to go and and then we can focus on the incredible conference league and you know yeah yeah there you go saying it again so um i guess uh, yeah Bundesliga at at times is maddening to watch these teams just capitulate and then at times it's fun watching teams that you know you wouldn't really expect to pick up those wins just dominate let's talk about Freiburg Freiburg are doing so well and I mean, there was this one game against Mönchengladbach where it was like, just look at this. Just look at how, how opposing these two teams are. One team is just has have absolutely mudded it. And the other team was doing so well. 6-0 to Freiburg. It's like, oh my God. It was just, it was just you know, a poignant moment where you just kind of step back and just watch what has happened to Mönchengladbach and how terribly they've just handled stuff over, over the last few years. It's been um, terrible, and yeah. it started since last season. I know their manager Rose went on to is at Dortmund now, and he's doing well. I, I think he's... Marco Rose is doing very well in terms of tactically. I don't think he is. I I think I, I genuinely think he has the right idea in mind. It's about having the personnel, and again, I think that they, they want to sign players like uh, Adeyemi and uh, Florian Wirtz. I think Florian Wirtz would be a great signing for. Dortmund. As much as I want him in Bayern, I don't think he'll uh, get that necessary playing time in Bayern. So I don't think um, Dortmund are having a good season. I, I, I'm not saying they're having a good season. Fallen away. They out the Champions League. Yeah. Like I don't think they're having a good season. Technical. I just think I think they have the right setup and and the manager who tactically can get this team playing way better than they have been playing. So I think I think that's important. Yeah, I think they'll stick with him. They'll at least give him a season. But um, that given they're probably going to lose Haaland in the summer, they've then got a big job there. Adeyemi is the guy to get in because he's been good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> of course, he's not Haaland, but and but I mean, it's gonna be gonna be hard pressed to replace him. But I can't believe they had that release clause. Like how. Idiotic, you have to be. To be fair, that's the only reason they could get him. So yeah, it's the only reason they got him, no matter what anyone yeah. says, is because they're the only club that would then gather move lined up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're not really going to spend much time on Mino because we just don't want to. But given it's December and he's been what in on the back pages every single day the last week talking about a different one of his players and how they kind of want to move, and uh, it's 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 nuts. But it's every mm-hmm. transfer window. So. Yeah. I mean, do you have anything to say about the transfer window? I mean, today it was confirmed that Ferran Torres would be moving to Barcelona, which is, which is interesting. I, I, I don't think either club would be happy about the decision. I, like, I don't know why what? that. Transfer... I think Barcelona are happy about it. They've spent their entire bank loan on him. <laughs> this is literally like borrowing money. <laughs> To pay you rent and instead buying a PS5. <laughs> like you know what you know, like when you why, think why have they signed him? 
<laughs> like you'd think losing Messi because of their own actions would make them fix up. No, no, it's not. Like they're they're banking on massively spending this money, and it gets them top four. Oh. So they get that Champions League money, like, and they're banking on him to do it. Um, no, he's a great player. I don't think he's what they need. Like, uh, they need an app. They need a proper. Well, they need a conventional nine. Like, they need a striker. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if Ferran Torres could be one of a couple signings, but it's. I, I'm not quest- questioning the quality of the guy, but I am questioning the logic because I don't think he's what Barcelona needs to to kick on. And that maybe I'll be wrong and it'll be incredible. But I find watching Memphis Depay play number nine one of the most frustrating things across all of European football, isn't it? Because he is not a number nine. It's not the lack of effort, but it's so broken, him playing through the middle. He's, he's, he's a fantastic winger. But it's it's mind numbing watching him try and play nine. He can't hold the ball up. He's not very good at flick ons. But what he is very good at is getting wide and putting the ball in the box. The one thing he can't do from the centre of the pitch. <laughs> like it, it's so confusing to watch. It would literally it, it would literally be like playing David Beckham as striker. Like because mm-hmm. you take you take what he's great at away. Mm-hmm. it's so frustrating and he's not a goal getter so and I know that part of that is because they didn't have a striker because they had to get rid of Griezmann and whatever else but yeah I think if they got and Cavani's been the one on the back pages but I don't think United will let Cavani and Martial leave it'll be one or the other yeah and it's looking by the second more likely that it's going to be Anthony Martial going out on the line. Uh, so I don't know, but they need they need a striker and a midfielder and a defender and a left back and a right back and yeah. a manager and everything and a hope and a prayer and one of those government schemes where they write off your debt. <laughs> 55 million in Ferran Torres I was like why no way you've done that hilarious and you know they're going to try and sign Haaland and people like that I bet they I bet they try and sign Pogba for a free imagine, in the summer as well I can imagine the club going to the ba- into the banks and being listen lads Haaland right he's, he's going to cost a bit but we will 100% pay you off with the money they're, you make by winning the treble they're gonna sign some they're gonna spend crazy money again and they're gonna have a good team next season and then we're gonna be back in the same boat yeah because the money in La Liga hasn't gone up like it's not gone anywhere you look at what Madrid did like I know Madrid spent a bit a little bit of money on um on Camavinga and obviously they got Alaba for free but the wage is gonna be a lot and uh but they look at them like now like just holding on to what they've got because they don't have the money and they're going to spend big this summer. They're going to make a bid for Haaland. And they're probably going to get Mbappe on a free. Yeah. Played it smart. Yeah, they're going to win. Barcelona are just going to buy Neymar back. <laughs> <laughs> if they can find him. 
Uh, I think we know where he is. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> you may, you know what? I was thinking, how quickly can we get to that joke? And you took two lines. That is impressive. To Neymar. Yeah, the, no, the Neymar to where he could be joke. Well, we, we, yeah. I was delighted when we, because the Champions League, they obviously screwed up the Champions League draw, but we got PSG first. And I was like, great, Neymar would be playing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna to have to face Mbappe and Messi. <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, Neymar's got one of those very coincidental just before Christmas ankle injuries. <laughs> you know, the same one he had last year and the year before. The you can make before. such you can make such a good sketch on Neymar. Like, like he gets a cut. <laughs> can you just imagine? Uh, you can't make a good sketch about his absences. So no, this is going to no, be like, a broadcastable. Like imagine this: like he's talking to Pochettino, and he gets a call, and he's like, "I'll be back, I'll be back." And then he's like, "Hey, friend," he goes out, comes back in with an ankle injury, and asks for time off. Yeah. Oh well, Neymar. I'm sure he's a great player, but God knows what's happened with him. Is he? In the last few. I don't think I've seen him I, play recently. So, so here's the thing, right? I was talking to my friends about this. When he when they had their game against Atalanta, which was during the during the COVID lockdown, I remember saying so clearly. He is what was it during the COVID lockdown? Was it just before? I don't know. One of them, and it was I think twenty twenty. And I said Neymar is not clinical at all. And he got mad at the match and everyone was saying, oh, how good he is. Look at how good he is at driving. And I'm like, well, fair, but he missed like four open opportunities. And yes, he scored or whatever, but it doesn't matter because he, he, as good as he is at creating chances, he needs to finish them. And everyone got on my back. And now the entire narrative is, well, Neymar can't finish. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. He's not been able to finish for a while now. I think we would all be stunned as all hell. If we spent a podcast once looking at striker conversion rates, because some of them are abysmal, but because they play for good sides, they get like seven chances a game. But it is, it's quite fascinating to look at at some point. If we had time now, I'd get some, see if I can get some up quickly. But uh, but some of them are, are, horrific, are horrendous. Like, yeah. Like, like, okay, here we go. Um, Premier League conversion rates. This is by team. I'll try and find by match for the next podcast. But Liverpool, 461 shots so far this season. But they have a conversion rate of 10%. So that's... <sighs> and that's that's put some top. Whereas we look at... We look at like... Show me uh, Brighton. Talk to me about Brighton. Let's talk about Brighton. Are, okay, so third bottom. So um, 18th. 251 shots, 14 goals, so their conversion rate is 5.6%. Jesus Christ. And, uh, but yeah, there's, oh. only th- there's only three teams in 10%, and that's Liverpool, Leicester, who have 252 shots, 27 goals, so 10.7%, and Chelsea, yeah, 10.3%. We like Arsenal and Spurs down in the bottom half with a uh, 7.3% for Arsenal. Like the conversion rates are shocking. To be fair, conversion rate, like what should be the average conversion rate? Because 10% doesn't sound... I don't know. I think it's low. Like, I think people would expect for the amount of shots people have that it would be higher. But um, yeah, we'll look, we'll look into it for the next one. We'll get some actual stats together rather than me very quickly trying to Google things. 
yeah makes sense uh yeah i guess I, I guess we can come up with more stuff later in terms of transfers we'll see how the window unfolds and we'll have a more in-depth one in terms of what each team could add in the premier league and see what we can come up with there next week maybe and yeah i guess that should be all for now nathan plug yourself yeah, you can find me at Nathan Greenaway on Twitter. You can uh, hear me in other podcasts at Rogue underscore Opinion as well. And yeah, thank you, Rahul. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in January when some interesting transfers happen, I guess. Indeed. I just realized I forgot to plug my own stuff in my own podcast before this one. But you can check us out on Twitter at TC9 Podcast. You can check out our website, theconventionalline.com, for articles on various sports and more. Uh, you can keep uh, up to date with all the other episodes on of the podcast that go up on Spotify and um, you know Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Apple Music, <laughs> iTunes, where you can basically just you know listen to interviews that I'm doing more recently about with Sam Nita about basketball in the UK, Kofi Josephs, uh, a BBL player, an incredible BBL player with an incredible story as well. And yeah, stay tuned. More interviews to come. Um, I think, to, I don't know when it'll be released, but Ashley Reese, a Bellator fighter who is, you know, doing incredibly well and has a good record and should be returning back to action next year. So it should be fun to keep an eye out on that one. And uh, the YouTube channel should be back active very soon. And yeah, we'll just keep in keep in touch with all those things and we will be back soon to talk more football soon uh, so thank you Nathan for joining me anytime and yeah thank you all for tuning in and we'll be back soon bye bye